Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Focus on the Light, a podcast about focusing our lives on the light of Jesus Christ and centering our lives on Him. So today's episode, as you saw the title and clicked on, is about setting goals and how to set goals while thinking celestial and following the counsel of our prophet, President Nelson. And also a welcome and invitation to everyone watching on the new YouTube channel, knowing that that video is now available in addition to the audio. Um, But this message, I I once told my seminary students that my favorite holiday, besides the obvious Christmas, was New Year's Day. And that's still true. There's something about goal setting and New Year's resolutions and the idea of a fresh start and a chance to commit to something and to to strive to be something better uh, that really excites me and, and fills me with a lot of excitement and thrill and joy. I just, I love the spirit, as we say, the spirit of Christmas. I love the spirit of New Year's Day and New Year's resolutions. So I personally have been working on my goals. I have a history of setting goals. It's thankfully... To my dad, I've been blessed to have a tradition of New Year's resolutions and setting goals, and I've gotten better with it over time. It's been about a month-long process this year around as I've been studying and reconsidering and pondering and writing and thinking about my goals and what I wanted to do this year. And I'll get into some of the challenges I've had in setting these goals, and you'll hear that experience in a moment. But as I've been working on that to craft these goals... Um, in the words of my bishop that, that would help me hack my ADHD, um, it, it's been a long process trying to get to a point where I really felt good about them. And as I've been finalizing this plan the last few days, I was also thinking about Focus on the Light and how I wanted to do one more episode before the year ends. And I used to say, welcome back to Focus on the Light, a weekly Come Follow Me episode or podcast. It wasn't even weekly, and then it stopped being about Come Follow Me. I love Come Follow Me, and I love Come Follow Me podcasts. But what I want to share feels restricted by that. And maybe I still will do that. I'm not sure, but I I want to help everyone, especially youth and young adults, focus their life on the light of Jesus Christ. That's what I want to do. Anyway, I was thinking about the final episode, and I thought that I felt impressed that I should share my experience that I've had over the last month as I've been working on my goals to hack my ADHD. Um, And I'm just sharing my experience. But before that, a note that I wanted to mention and something that I found that was really, really cool in the episode that was just released, a Christmas message, I talked about the Savior and his excitement that he has to give us good gifts. Well, in Revelations 22.12, I found proof of that idea. Um, let me pull it up here as my phone is being used to <laughs> record. I got to hold up my computer here. Um, 22 verse 12 says, And behold, this is Jesus Christ speaking, And behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me, to give every man according to his work shall be. So thought that was uh, even better proof of that principle, that the Savior looks forward to the day he can give us his gift and judgment, said by himself. So, Back to my experience of setting my goals to hack my ADHD. Um, as a side note, as a, as a preface, not a side note, a preface to that. My experience is not, will not be, and should not be your experience. But maybe by sharing my story, the Holy Ghost can inspire you with insights of your own as you make plans and goals for yourself. This is something that I've talked about on the episode, on, on the podcast before. There are doctrines, there are principles, and then there are practices. And because practices are what we do, um, we often share practices. Um, 
that happened a lot today in Sunday school, which is wonderful. Practices are really, really good. And sharing practices can be really helpful and inspiring because, you know, some practices are really good. But the, the important thing is to find the principles and the doctrines beneath those practices and not just be focused on the, on the way that I did something and that you need to go and repeat the exact same process. I'm going to share a story, an experience of how I did something that is the practice, and then I will share the principles afterwards. Now, if you're listening to this, and I should have said this earlier, and you're thinking about goals, and you're already in 2024, and you missed your New Year's resolutions, maybe you didn't even set any, that is okay. You don't have to wait. I, I mean, the New Year is a pretty big milestone, but it's not the only time that you can commit or make an effort or make some organized plans to do or be something better or different. Because the promise in Lamentations chapter 3, verse 22 and 23, is that if the Lord's mercies, it, let me just say that again, it is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because his compassion fails not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. Every morning can be a new day because of the Lord's compassions that fail not. So even if it's 2025 even, but you know, if it's a few months in or a few weeks into 2024, tomorrow can be just as much as a new start as a new year was. So let's get into my experience. And it has been heavily, directly um, connected to the brother of Jared and setting goals. And I tried to write this down in a way that would make sense that I could read off of. It It didn't. So I've just kind of written down some thoughts, some key points that happened over this experience. Hopefully you can make sense of it while I share my story and speak freely. And this all started because recently, about a year ago, maybe a year and a half ago, I believe it was a year ago, um, my therapist diagnosed, that's a strong word, suggested that I might have ADHD. She's not a psychiatrist, so she didn't diagnose me, but she gave me some tests to take at home and it was pretty much confirmed that I have ADHD to some extent. And those, that was fine. It made sense. But those symptoms of ADHD, to not get into the details of it, um, can be brought about more dramatically based on circumstances. And the challenges and circumstances in my life, particularly over the last three months, as I was in the final semester of 2023, they were challenging. And the symptoms of ADHD were, were it was a serious trial. It was more than just a frustration or difficult. It was a legitimate trial. And so my wife and I went to our bishop ask for help. We love our bishop. He's remarkable. Well, he also has ADHD. And that was, I didn't know that. And it was amazing to see the Lord's mercy because this bishop was newly called this year and, you know, tender mercy there. However, he told me and gave me the insights that I needed to learn how to hack my ADHD. The idea behind that is that with, with a typical brain, a neurotypical brain versus the neurodivergent of ADHD. And the neurotypical brain, you may have symptoms of uh, losing focus or not, or not having good attention or whatever, and you can do things to change those, uh, those actions where ADHD in the way a neurotypical brain has symptoms of the way that that brain is wired differently. And where a typical person might be able to take actions to prevent those symptoms from happening, those symptoms are still going to happen with ADHD, and you have to learn to be able to respond to those symptoms or hack your ADHD. It's very different. And like, the way of thinking is completely different than anything else I ever had growing up, which is because I just didn't, didn't know about it. It was always do these things to change your behavior and your behavior will help you do better. Where now I'm having to learn to do these things to <laughs> respond to what might be my mental behavior. Um, anyway, 
has been a challenge. And so that idea of hacking my ADHD has been on my mind. And, and that's a very personal thing to figure out. You, you can't just copy and paste someone else's hack onto your own, onto yourself. And so one day at school, I was particularly discouraged. And I had a big chunk of time. I would go to school. I was taking night classes. And so I'd go to school after a long day of work. And I'd be there from about 4 p.m. to 8 p.m. every day. But I had two classes with about an hour and a half, rough, almost two-hour break between the two. And so I'd often go to a different section of campus and, and study and work on homework and usually end up getting distracted. And I was extremely discouraged. My symptoms were at all the time worse. I was not sleeping well. My challenges were happening in our relationship. It was, it was, and I knew it was my fault. And I knew it was a result of the symptoms of ADHD. And so I felt inspired. Uh, I was sitting in the library, a very quiet moment in the corner of the library. Um, I felt inspired to study my scriptures and open up to Ether chapter 3. I love the book of Ether, particularly the first six-ish chapters. I think they you know, snuck out of the sealed portions of the plates. They're, they're beautiful scriptures to me. And I, I feel comfortable with the Ether chapter 3. I've received great insights in my life and the challenges of my life. And so I wasn't sure that I could receive answers, but I knew that I could get comfort because of the familiarity and, and love I have for Ether chapter 3. So I went to that chapter and the revelation started immediately to quote my scripture journal, just four verses, and I have the answers that I need. Um, it was an amazing experience. Um, I have my scriptures here and, I, and I'll just share it with you. I was feeling particularly discouraged. And like I've mentioned, I've read um, Ether chapter two and chapter three multiple times. These verses have given me many revelations in my life about what actions I should take. And so I'm pretty familiar with the story. I'm pretty familiar with the verses. And I was expecting the revelation to come with, you know, kind of the, the key verses, the ones that have meant something in the past. So I started, and immediately in Ether chapter 3, um, it says, And it came to pass that the brother of Jared, now the number of vessels which he had prepared was eight. And I immediately felt the Spirit, and I was like, what? why am I feeling the Spirit about eight vessels? But it felt important. And so I kept reading. He went forth unto the mount, which they called... Mount Shalem, because of its exceeding height, and did molten out of rock 16 small stones. And again, I felt the spirit really strong. Why is 16 stones important? And they were right and clear of instruments of glass. He did carry them in his hands upon the top of the mount and cried again unto the Lord, saying, O Lord, thou hast said that we must be encompassed about by the floods. And I felt I have been encompassed about by the flood of ADHD, of the symptoms of that. Now behold, O Lord, and do not be angry with thy servant because of his weakness before thee. Again, very much how I was feeling. Um, for we know that thou art holy and dwellest in the heavens, and that we are unworthy before thee, because of the fall of our natures have become evil continuously. I felt that the fall of my nature with the increased symptoms of ADHD. Um, lost my spot. Um, Nevertheless, O Lord, thou hast given us commandment that we must call upon thee, and that from thee we may receive according to our desires. That's what I felt, that I'd, I had become fallen, I'd become less. But the Lord had given me a commandment and reassurance that through him and from him, I could receive according to my desires to hack my ADHD and that I could be successful. Um, and then th things go on. Um, and in verse 4, he says, and, oh, and I know, O Lord, that thou hast all power and can do whatsoever thou wilt for the benefit of man. Therefore, touch these stones with thy finger and prepare them that we may shine forth in darkness and they shall shine forth unto us in the vessels which we have prepared that we may have light when we shall cross the sea. Anyway, long story short, I immediately began to write and felt very strongly that what I needed to do was come up with eight vessels, each with two stones. So eight vessels and 16 stones that I would use 
to hack my ADHD, that I would find and identify vessels or things that I could build or do, each with two specific things to go along with it, and that by following those 16 items, those eight vessels, I'd be able to hack my ADHD. And, and I did. I came up with eight vessels, each with a specific thing, and I'll share those with you here in a moment, and each had two stones. And it was really encouraging and really kind of amazing. I ended up writing about 10 pages of notes off of this, and I kept coming back to it. And just those four verses alone and the, the outpouring of the Spirit, I, I felt so blessed. Just for context, so maybe you can make sense of it, I will quickly share what I wrote down after some revising and, and better wording. Here are my eight vessels, each with two stones of their own. So vessel number one is spiritual health. The two stones are daily scripture study and keeping the Sabbath day holy. Vessel number two is my physical health, which is better sleep and daily exercise and stretching. Vessel number three is emotional help with the two stones of improving my mindfulness and um, taking this course that I've been wanting to take for the longest time. Uh, And then the second stone is journaling. And I wrote a little bit about how journaling helps me and some ways I can do that. Vessel number four is relationship health. And the two stones are having dates weekly planned with my wife and reading together with her. And then I have some few examples of some what we can read. Vessel five, career achievement. And there's two stones in this, one relating to my career at RMT Equipment, which is great, and then some entrepreneurship goals that I have with my life, and lots of dots, um, an Etsy business we're building as the second one. Vessel number six is life improvement uh, planning, which is encompassed as daily and weekly planning, and budgeting. And then the second one is learning about ADHD and my brain and learning about myself. Vessel number seven is content creation and creativity, uh, broken into two different areas that I'm trying to create content, this podcast being one of those. Vessel eight, fun, just fun. And then I have two ways that I want to have fun. One of them is a thing with ADHD, having hyper-focused time planned for me to do nothing but just have fun. And the second one is watching more movies with my wife, as that's something I really, really enjoy. So those were my eight vessels and each with their two stones. And that, that was something that kind of just in that immediate study in the library, I came to those conclusions, and, and it was really revelation. It was inspiration. I, I just wrote, and something I learned from my scripture study class is the power of writing in your journal. I just kept writing, and the answers and insights just kept coming. But despite the plan that I had, these eight vessels and two, with their two stones each, it's hard to then go from that to action taken. And, and a symptom of ADHD and just of life is you can get stuck in research mode. And that mode is where I almost needed reassurance and a bit more clarity and almost like hyper clarity about how I could act on these plans that I now had. And every time I felt like I was in this mode of needing more, maybe not quite sure how to act or maybe afraid to act, I went back to the scriptures for help. And I kept staying in ether. I really feel a connection to ether and the brother of Jared here. And so I just kind of finished up um, ether three and four. Um, and for whatever reason, I was on ether chapter five. So just two days later, I was looking for insights again. And this is what I wrote from ether chapter five. God is able to give extremely specific instructions from the scriptures, even something as specific as Joseph Smith having three and eight witnesses for the Book of Mormon, as he does in, in ether chapter five. The same is true for us. Remember that the Lord, God is able to give extremely specific instructions from the scriptures. In Ether chapter six, I continue to look for insights. That same day, just two days later, I wrote the stones are so so I don't have to cross the great waters in darkness. 
the journey to the promised land, which represents where I've hacked my ADHD and I've be- become better in all the ways I desire to, reaching my potential, that's the promised land. The journey to that promised land doesn't have to be a journey of darkness, misery, and confusion. That is the purpose of these stones, the two items each that God has given me. Then 20 days later, I still had some questions, and I was pondering in the sacrament about the brother of Jared. And, and, I, and I was finally to the point where I'm trying to just get beyond just the plans and turn it into action. And so I had this thought, well, how did the brother of Jared build his barges? How did he learn to build his barges? Because I know that he built, before the, the main barges that he built to get across to the promised land, he built some ones previously. How did he learn how to build those? How, did he know them before? Just by, I'm trying to learn from his experience so that I might seek to build my own barges or vessels as I name them. How did he gain the experience beforehand to build these? And how might I learn about myself in that regard? Remember, this is 20 days later, again, in the scriptures, um, studying Ether chapter one, because I went, okay, you know, he builds the barges in Ether chapter two and three. How do I learn before that? So I started the book of Ether over again, and I wrote in my scriptures, the Lord had compassion on, or in my notes, the Lord had compassion on the birth of Jared, which he received because he asked. He cried unto the Lord, which reminds me of a story of my wonderful grandma, Gail. She's a wonderful individual. She sent me a Marco Polo the other day about an experience that she's been having, um, some f- difficulties she's been having with the circumstances of her life and mental, um, not mental, uh, physical limitations of her and her husband's age and the way that that is challenging to her. And in her words, she said, I expressed my frustrations to God. And he listens to me. And then she said something, I wish I could remember the exact words, where she says she sits there in her prayer chair and listens. And this, these are my words. She listened to his compassionate response. And she shared with me the response she got immediately after expressing her frustrations to God. When we cry unto the Lord, he answers. Um, in Ether chapter, excuse me, in Ether chapter 1, verses 39 through 40, we see... Um, that first the brother of Jared did cry unto the Lord according to that which had been spoken by the mouth of Jared. And it came to pass that the Lord did hear the brother of Jared and had compassion upon him. And then you see later um, that he says that again. He has compassion on him. And each time he does, it's because the brother of Jared sees the circumstances that he in, and he goes to the Lord and cries unto them about the circumstances, asking for help. And then you see in, pro- in culmination, the Lord saying it better than I did, the Lord says, and thus I will do unto thee, because this long time have ye cried unto me. When we cry unto the Lord, he will help us. Um, so then I kept reading, and we get to Ether chapter 2. And this is something, sorry, I'm kind of all over the place, but I'm just sharing my experience. Um, but I guess I should point out, I just I realized the importance of crying to the Lord. And then I kept reading, and this is something that I learned from my brother, not the brother of Jared, but my own brother, who just came home from his mission about a month and a half ago? He was a quoting. He was quoting my dad. Apparently, uh, my dad doesn't remember saying this, but it's something that my dad would say. And then I saw the truth of it as I read in Ether chapter two, verse uh, fourteen and fifteen. And the brother of Jared stops in his journey in the wilderness, and he stops for four years. And then at the end of the four years, the Lord chastises him for three hours. Um, and chastened him because he remembered not to call upon the name of the Lord. Um, This is what my brother said. Sometimes we get so focused on the destination, the promised land that I'm trying to get to, that we lose sight of the journey and the purpose, and the purpose of that journey. 
why did the brother of Jared stop progressing in the wilderness, right? Why was he chastened for three hours? Because he forgot to call upon the Lord. Yes, he was still making progress towards the promised land. But the Lord wants us to be people who are worthy to inherit the promised land. And so that journey is necessary for the way that it shapes us. Um, really powerful thing. Um, so the brother of Jared, as pointed out before, learns the importance of continually calling upon God in all things. And you see that in the remainder of Ether chapter 2 and Ether chapter 3. You see that the brother of Jared learned that he will call upon God. And he does about everything. And I'll point out the specifics here. Um, he performed the work that he'd been asked to do. He built the barges. And then in uh, verse 2, or chapter 2, verse 18, it says, And it came to pass that the brother Jared cried unto the Lord, saying, O Lord, I have performed the work which thou hast commanded me, and I have made the barges according to as thou hast directed. And then he, he goes into verse 19 with his concerns. Um, the brother of Jared, and this is important for two reasons, took action. He did what the Lord had instructed him to do. And that kind of kicked me out of research mode. And it was like, okay, now is the time to act on these vessels. I've, I've been instructed. I've been re, re-instructed. I've been encouraged and re-encouraged about these vessels. Now it's time to act on them. But the important thing is that after um, he built the barges, he continued to cry upon the Lord. Just, just a few days ago, from the time I'm recording this, ep- this episode, uh, as I was finishing Ether chapter 2, this is what I wrote in my notes. And I'm just going to read directly from them. This is what I said. After he built the barges, he presented, he meaning the brother of Jared, presented the challenges to the Lord. He was honest and aware of the barges and the, and the weaknesses of them. And the same is true for us. As I have these vessels and I'm acting on them and getting out of research mode and actually acting on them, I'm going to find faults. I'm going to find weaknesses, problems that ha- these vessels have and how they may not be a perfect fit, but I can continue to cry upon the Lord. I don't have to figure that all out before I can take action. The amazing experience that the brother of Jared have where he, he had where he saw this finger of the Lord that we usually associate him with, that experience started because of his willingness to ask for help while he was asking. He had started to build the barges, then saw weaknesses or flaws in the system and asked for help. And then I continue to read in Ether chapter 2, verse 21 is a powerful verse to me. And this is the verse. And it came to pass that the brother of Jared did so according as the Lord had commanded. That's it. That's a whole verse. But what I wrote in my notes is that it's a powerful verse because of three reasons. One, the phrase, and it came to pass. It took the brother of Jared time to do as he was instructed. It was an immediate thing. It came to pass that he did. Two, the brother of Jared did so. He acted. He went and acted on the things he had been instructed. Um, even the instructions he received in verse 19. So he went, he built the barges, came to the Lord with some weaknesses and some worries about it. The Lord gave him more instruction. And then over the course of time, he acted on that. And then three, the reason why Ether 2.21 is important is according as the Lord commanded. He was humble and obedient to the commandments. He wasn't just doing with his own ideas. He was doing as the Lord instructed him. And which is an important thing to understand about the Lord's relationship to us is the way he instructs us. Um, but then, even after verse 21, in verse 22, the brother of Jared goes back with even more honest challenges he's experienced through the process of acting on the plan that the Lord has given him. Um, and the invitation I was going to extend and one of the principles I was going to point out I found from this experience and that I learned from the brother of Jared was to involve the Lord 
in the process of setting your goals, to seek his counsel from the scriptures when you set your goals. In the words of my journal, God is able to give extremely specific instructions from the scriptures. So go and seek specific instructions from the scriptures, which I wrote in my journal as something I learned, but is my experience that I'm sharing with you is also proof of that. The experience of my grandma Gail that she shared with me is proof of that. And so I was going to invite you all to do that. But it's fitting now to mention that in doing so, continue to counsel with him. Continue to counsel with the Lord as you act on the goals that you set through his inspiration. Be honest about the challenges and flaws you see in the plans that you made previously, in the instructions you were given. Continue to develop and trust all upon God in every process of the journey. The brother of Jared called upon God at the beginning of the journey, and he definitely called upon God in gratitude at the end of the journey when they made it to the promised land. But he was chastened because he stopped calling upon God during the journey. And that's when we need him. Um, so in verse 22, um, an, an important insight I learned from the, again from the brother of Jared. He says in his prayer to God, O Lord, as he, well, I should explain. He expresses that the barges do not have light. There is no light in them. He solved the first issue of not having air, and now they don't have light. And he says, O Lord, wilt thou suffer that we should cross the great water in darkness? The brother of Jared was humble enough to ask, Heavenly Father, is this your plan for us? And I wrote that he was probably willing to cross in darkness if that is what God's plan was which impressed me for a few reasons. One, are we willing to accept, when we go and ask Heavenly Father, you know, a question about this plan, are we willing to accept the tough answer? But two, how many times do we just accept the tough answer? Do we accept the darkness of our barges without asking God if he has something better planned? Do we have the faith to ask God to touch some rocks to remove the darkness, to say, you know, Heavenly Father, there's something better that could go on here. Can you help me out in this capacity? The brother Jared is amazing to me. Um, and then we see why we can have faith as the brother Jared does, because of the Lord's reassuring promise in verse 24, where he says, For behold, ye shall be as a whale in the midst of the sea, for the mountain wave shall dash upon you. Nevertheless, I will bring you up again out of the depths of the sea, for the winds have gone forth out of my mouth, and also the rains and the floods have I sent forth. In my own words that I wrote in my journal, the Lord is saying, yes, this will be challenging. The journey across the sea and the barges that you've built to the promised land will be hard. But I will preserve you, and I will bring you back from the moments of darkness to better moments, because I am controlling you. Um, again, continue instructing me, the Lord was in this process. Um, I'm grateful for the scriptures and how they teach me. And I've been in an institute class this semester that I've really enjoyed um, about scripture study skills. And just a few days, so jumping back in time a little bit, just a few days after I had made my plan of eight vessels and 16 stones, um, we had an institute class about symbolism. And I had expressed my interest in the symbolism of the barges. And I didn't share the personal connection to me. I just shared that, hey, I'm, I'm you know, reading about the barges. And so I asked about the symbolism of numbers, and I asked about the symbolism of eight, which represents resurrection, new beginnings, rebirth through Jesus Christ. And then this is what I wrote in my notes. The Jaredites went through a rebirth of their own, a crazy baptism by the mountain waves of the sea to their new beginning 
in the promised land. These eight vessels I prepared for myself can be a resurrection, a new beginnings with the challenges that I now face with ADHD. It can be a rebirth in a promised land. I was really touched. Wow, how cool is that? How perfectly matched is that to me and my circumstances? So then I was excited to ask about 16. Because at the time, I had written it in my notes and my plans as eight vessels, 16 stones. So I asked about 16, but there wasn't an ancient meaning for 16. And that was fine. But I was like, okay, whatever, you know, I'll take the eight. But someone inspired in my class said, well, what about two? Because each barge had two stones. Um, and when I heard the answer, I just about burst into tears. The symbolism of the number two, life force and creative power. Oh, man. And two witnesses to sustain a charge against someone. What felt very fitting in the moment for two things. One, Heavenly Father was inviting me to find resurrection and new beginning by using my own life force and creative power. The two witnesses, the thought that I had was, to hold this charge against me, this change that's needed. I will have to involve my wife. Have to have two witnesses to sustain this. I love the power of the word of God. It feels so personal. Um, so my, my wording and the way I refer to my own plan has changed to eight vessels, each with two stones. Eight, meaning resurrection of life force and creative power. The scriptures are so personal. And here I am, act, doing my best to act on one of those two stones in vessel number seven, I think it is. Maybe it's number six. Um, it's been a long time. Like I mentioned, I started this uh, on December 5th is when, I op when the note was opened that... Uh, that I started, that has all my initial notes from reading Ether chapter three. Um, it's been a long time. It's been a lot of hours. It's been probably 25 pages of notes total as I've reworked this over and over and over and over and over again. And then the other day, yesterday, as I sat down and redeveloped my project management uh, software that I use um, to accommodate these new plans and to be something that matches my ADHD symptoms and works with my wife. And it's, it's a lot of work. And so I wanted to share, as I was reading through my notes, my scripture study notes, I saw something not about ether, but I just thought, fit quite well. Because planning and goal setting takes a lot of time and a lot of work. And I was reading in the Book of Mormon, and I started over again. So I was in 1 Nephi, chapter 2, verse 7. So this is as Lehi leaves Jerusalem. He's fleeing in the wilderness. Verse 7 says, And it came to pass that he built an altar of stones and made an offering unto the Lord and gave thanks unto the Lord our God. And what I wrote in my notes, Am I willing to work to build an altar of my obedience? Am I willing to stop and build what is necessary for me to obey and to worship? Am I willing to put in the work to build the altar, so to speak, of these goals and plans that I've been instructed to? You know, even though I'm building barges, the comparison is the same. Am I willing to stop and, and build that work? So enough about my experience. Um, this is a little bit all over the place. I wish I had a clear set, 
thing that I could get up here and say, this is how you plan more things celestial. But as I've worked over it and thought about it a lot, I've just thought that I should share my experience. But I also wanted to share some words from President Nelson, and he is our prophet. And I went and reread um, Think Celestial, and I'm just going to share some quotes from the talk that I feel like can help focus and, and help inspire you, that the Holy Ghost can inspire you as you reflect on the, President Nelson's teachings uh, in the ways that you can set goals and plans for yourself to achieve. Um, I believe it was Elder Maxwell said, we are goal-setting people. So this is President Nelson, quote, the Savior's atonement is what makes our Father's plan possible. And I have a subnote from a different talk, not thinking celestial, but where he says, however, this is again President Nelson, however, when you yoke yourself to Jesus Christ and do the spiritual work required to overcome the world, he and he alone does have the power to lift you above the pole of this world. As I make an effort to overcome the pole of this world in all the ways that I need to do that, Jesus Christ is the one who does that. He is the one that makes this entire plan, you know, the plan of salvation, the entire plan, but also the entire plan of eight vessels with two stones each. Jesus Christ is the one who makes that possible. As you make your plan for 2024 or whatever you're making your plan for, Jesus Christ is the one who makes it possible, especially if your plan is one that's come from God, because now that plan is not your own. It's your Father in Heaven's plan, and Jesus Christ makes all things the Heavenly Father promises possible. So, continuing with President Nelson, quote, the very things that will make your mortal life the best it can be are exactly the same thing which will make your life throughout all eternity the best it can be, close quote. A great way, work backwards, think celestial, think about what will make your life the best it can be in the eternal kingdom, and then work backwards to how you can do those things now. Another quote, in my first message as president of the church, I encouraged you to begin with the end in mind. This means making the celestial kingdom your eternal goal and then carefully considering where each of your decisions while here on earth will place you in the next world. He can, uh, later in the talk, he continues, As you think celestial, your heart will gradually change. You will want to pray more often and more sincerely. Please don't let your prayers sound like a shopping list. The Lord's perspective transcends your mortal wisdom. His response to your prayers may surprise you and will help you to think celestial. His response to my prayers, as I said, my plan greatly surprised me. And another note I had from my scripture study, again in 1 Nephi, but this is in chapter 1, verse 6, when Lehi receives a vision. My note was, where was Lehi when he had a vision? This is the vision that he needs to leave Jerusalem. Uh, he was not at home. And I wrote, home isn't the only place where we can pray to receive revelation. However, the great vision with the instructions to leave Jerusalem came later when Lehi was at home in a sacred place. Let that inspire you as it will. Continuing from President Nelson, quote, As you think celestial, you will find yourself avoiding anything that robs you of your agency. Any addiction, be it gaming, gambling, debt, drugs, alcohol, anger, pornography, sex, or even food, offends God. Why? Because your obsession becomes your God. You look to it rather than to Him for solace. If you struggle with an addiction, seek the spiritual and professional help you need. Please do not let an obsession rob you of your freedom to follow God's fabulous plan. Wow, fitting, as we make plans. And then lastly, and from the whisperings of the Holy Ghost, who will show unto you all things what ye should do, please do the spiritual work to increase your capacity to receive personal revelation. Close quote. I won't share it, but a great, if, if you want to use some talks to inspire your goal setting, 
President Nelson's talk, Think Celestial, is a great one. One that you can easily connect to it is from President Irene, our constant companion. Again, both from this recent general conference. Connecting your celestial thinking to your immediate companionship of the Holy Ghost is a powerful way. So, after all that, after my personal experience, after President Nelson's quotes, what are the principles of thinking celestial while creating your goals and plans? Here they are. This is what I wrote down. The very nature of thinking celestial includes Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ. Let them be part of your goals. And how do you do that? Involving them in the inspiration of your goals, through prayer, through the detailed instructions of the scriptures, from general conference talks, and a talk I will recommend, one that my wife and I for many years have used. Each year we would listen to it at the end of the year and, and set goals based off the instruction. It's called Take Control. When I was a sis, uh, missionary, a sister missionary gave me a CD with it on that. Um, I just have a Google Drive file now, so uh, I'll link that below. You can listen to it. It's a wonderful talk. My wife and I refer to it all the time. Uh, it's a fireside somewhere, so I, that's why I don't know who it's by or what it's actually called. But we call it the Take Control Talk. Anyway, you could use that. So involving Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ in the inspiration of your goals. Through prayer, the detailed instruction of scriptures, general conference talks, maybe the Take Control Talk, and revelation from the Holy Ghost. And I would add, let them be a continual part of your action on those goals, like we learned from the brother of Jared. The other way that you can include Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ in your goals is let the Savior make your celestial plan possible. Continual call upon him like the brother of Jared. And in the words of President Nelson, repent daily. I promise that if you do that, in the words of President Nelson, well, let me get back to that. Yeah, yeah. President Nelson said in, in his Christmas message that no one is more excited about you achieving your full potential or something along those lines. I'm paraphrasing. I promise you that if you involve Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ in your planning and goal setting, they will help you. Now, as a side note, it's great to write down goals. It's great to write down notes and ideas about what you feel. Now, if for whatever reason, you feel like typical goal setting, the typical culture of goal setting doesn't work for you because of the nature of its specifics or how you have to have something specific. Like most people, when they think about New Year's resolutions, it's how many pounds you want to lose, right? That's very specific and that's very trackable and very attainable. A goal of, I would like to feel more in tune with Heavenly Father. It's perfectly worthwhile. That's not very measurable numerically. It's not very trackable on a calendar. But it's trackable through the Holy Ghost and from Revelations. It's trackable in the book of the Lamb of God. And it's something that you'll feel. And it's something the Heavenly Father will help you feel and help you track as, as you're accountable with. So be specific. If you want to feel closer to God, what specifically will you do to get there? And then track those things. If you said, I want to read my scriptures, uh, serve in my calling more and go to the temple, well, then track those things. And then as you go to sacrament weekly and reflect on that, reflect on your closeness to Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ. That's a perfectly acceptable goal. A feeling is a good goal, as long as you're specific about things you want to do to achieve that feeling. Now, goals are important. Goals are really, really important. Um, in the words of Russell and Ballard, a goal is a destination or an end, while the plan is the route by which you will get there. 
you need a goal and you need a plan. If you would like help adopting planning into your life, I can't speak of it enough. I forget who it is. Was it President Eisenhower who said something along the lines of, um, a plan is useless, but planning is indispensable or something like that? My dad will remember. He, he told me the other day. It's true. The plan you make may not be what you exactly follow, but the planning is what makes a difference. And I testify of that as someone who served a mission and planned every day and every week. Planning helps you achieve so much. If you'd like to get good at planning, this sounds cheesy, but I really mean it. Follow the inspired principles of Preach My Gospel Chapter 8. They are even better in the noose Preach My Gospel, which I read in preparation, in, in my own preparation for my goals, um, because they can be applied to everything. And so, how do you plan? Well, this is how you do it. Uh, Preach My Gospel outlines four steps. Step number one, prayerfully set goals and make plans. Set goals that are realistic, but they will stretch you and require faith. Avoid setting goals that are too high or too low. Plan how you accomplish them. Two, record and schedule. Record your goals and plans in a detailed schedule. Three, act on your plans. Work diligently to accomplish your goals. Exercise faith in the Lord to help you. Four, review and follow up. Evaluate progress and record your efforts regularly. Decide what to do differently and how to improve. Adjust plans as needed. As you use this goal-setting process, the Lord will magnify your efforts. Again, from preaching my gospel. Well, I'll actually get to that in a second. So this, again, is in chapter 8, if you want to follow along with it, of Preach My Gospel. It's an inspired um, way of planning, something that I'm going to use. So how does it work? What would it would actually look like? So I'm, I'm going to have my eight vessels, right? So um, to share those again with you, just the first one, spiritual health, which includes daily scripture study and keeping the Sabbath day holy. So I'm going to prayerfully set goals and make plans to... Well, actually, let me share my goals here, not the vessel. So the goal is improve my spiritual health by giving the Lord more of my time through daily scripture study and keeping the Sabbath day holy. Okay, so I am going to set prayerfully set goals and make plans to improve my spiritual health by giving the Lord more of my time. Okay, so what is my goal when it comes to daily scripture study? Do I want to read every day? And how long do I want to read? What is the goal? It's measurable and attainable, and it's and then, what is my goal for keeping the Sabbath day holy? Uh, that's a little bit more of a feeling goal, like I mentioned, but there are specifics in, that I can do that can lead me to that feeling, and those are things that I can track and can be attainable. So now I have, in the words of preaching my gospel, I have my goals and my plans. Okay. Now record them. Well, actually, so I have my goals. Now I got to make the plans. What am I going to do to achieve the goal of five days of scripture study for 20 minutes? Okay. Well, I'm going to have to wake up before work, and I'm going to have to study my scriptures. So I need to wake up at this time. So now I have the goal. Uh, scripture study five days a week for 20 minutes, and I now have the plan of how I will achieve that goal. Step number two is record that in your schedule. So I will go to my calendar app, and I will put in at whatever time scripture study. Then I will set an alarm that goes off every week at this time so that I can wake up and study my scriptures. I have now recorded my schedule. It's detailed. Step number three, obviously, act on the plans. I will work diligently to act on those plans, exercising faith in the Lord to help me. I include it in part of my prayers, and I can make efforts to act on the plans that I put in place. And four, review and follow up. At the end of every day, did I achieve the plans that I set out? Why not? What can I do differently to better achieve that? And then, on a weekly basis, this can be done during the sacrament. That's a really good thing to do. 
or I really recommend that everyone would have a day where they weekly plan. But you, ref- you review on it on a daily basis and a weekly basis so you can look back. You know, how did I do? If my goal was five days this week for 20 minutes, did I get five days? Did I get six or seven? Or did I only get three? Why? What needs to be done differently? Okay, so now let's set some goals again. If my goal was five days a week and I only got two, well, okay, I did two. Maybe a stretch goal is for three days a week. But 20 minutes is kind of hard, so let's do 15. So three days a week at 15. I'm still pushing myself, and it's stretching, but it's also attainable. Okay, I have my goal. Now what's my plan? I'm going to do that by doing this, right? And so you just repeat the process, and it is powerful, and it is life-changing. Um, I really recommend both a daily and weekly planning. In the words of Preach My Gospel, weekly planning helps you see the big picture and focus on people. It helps you focus on activities that are most important. Daily planning helps you adapt and prepare to take specific actions each day. You want to be productive, not just busy. Um, And this is a note I wrote for myself. If I want to follow these four steps, I need to have weekly goals that I will work to achieve each day. So daily planning will work towards my weekly goals. Weekly planning will lead towards my monthly goals. And monthly planning will lead towards my yearly goals. If you really want to go for it, your yearly goals can go, your yearly planning can go for your five-year goals. And your five-year planning can go to your 10 years goals and so on and so forth, right? Planning is indispensable, I believe. And there are ways to do it that involve Heavenly Father. He's very interested in our lives. He's very interested in the small details of it. Heavenly Father is interested in the ways that I need to hack my ADHD. Heavenly Father is also interested in something that really matters to me, and that's making content and developing my creativity and having fun. Heavenly Father cares about that. He cares about the way that that will help me be a better individual, a better husband, a better disciple, because it will help me reach my potential. Heavenly Father cares about our potential, and He cares about the details of how we get there. So let Him help you set your goals and make plans and involve Him as a brother Jared learned to and had a remarkable experience. Involve Him consistently. I testify as a brother Jared experienced as you involve the Lord in every part of your goal setting, planning, and acting on that, you will very literally see the hand of God revealed. And I testify of that in confidence because I know he loves each of you. I know he's concerned for each of you, and he's deeply involved. And I say that in the name of Jesus Christ, amen. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to share it to someone and you're listening in podcast format, Sharing podcasts can be kind of weird, so I've provided a link below where you can share it with them, and they can go and listen to the podcast wherever they choose to. You can also share this YouTube video. Subscribe to Focus on the Light wherever you listen to podcasts or watching on YouTube. More episodes will be coming throughout 2024. You heard in my plan that uh, vessel number seven is content creation and creativity. One of the two stones is to create podcasts consistently. Specifically, the goal that I have, because I got very specific, so I'll share with you specifics. For Focus on the Light, I would like to release 25 episodes. That's about two a month. I don't know what those episodes will be about, but I want them to be something that will help you. If you would like a podcast that is about focusing your your life on the light of Jesus Christ, then subscribe to Focus on the Light and share it with those who could benefit. I have a goal that I won't share. I will at the end of the year, of how many downloads I would like to achieve, the statistics for podcasts, what I would like to achieve. You sharing this can help me. Anyway, go out there and set your goals, whatever time period in 2024 you're listening to this. And uh, I'll talk to you 
later this month. I used to say next week, but later this month, I'll talk to you. Well, actually, I'm recording this in 2023. I'll talk to you next year. (laughs) 